Blog Talk Radio. Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. Thank you for listening uh, to us through the week as well as the weekend. We want you to sit back and relax and abase yourself as we go into the inner courts and behind the veil. As I once said to you before, we have dynamic speakers through the week as well as the weekend. And we want to encourage you to listen to them and to just sit back and enjoy. God bless you again, 
and let us get started. Remember now, this is our disclaimer. The music that you hear belongs to the artist. They own rights to it, and we are here to promote those sounds of Zion and to encourage you and worship and to buy those CDs. Let us listen to one of our favorites. As you know, it's Jeff Majors. God bless you. Amen. Songwriter says, the Lord anoints my head with oil. Yes, he does. When you are saved, when you have accepted the death 
the burial and resurrection of Christ, that you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and you have an outpouring of that Holy Spirit over you and that you are filled with the oil of God. Only through the resurrection of Christ can we have eternal life. Only through accepting him as our Lord and our Savior can we get the promises that God has made in his word for us. Again, we want to encourage you now as you sit back and abase yourself and to just enjoy the word of God as we rightly divide the word of truth. As you notice that through the news that you hear a lot of wars and rumors of wars, you see different nations sometimes, especially the nation of Russia uh, and Kiev and Ukraine, that there seem to be a conflict and controversy that people are leaving Kiev and Ukraine and going to Poland and to other places to have refuge. Sometimes doing um, these type of disagreement, it is unfortunate, but the people most of the time are caught in the middle when government or political leaders cannot agree or even come to a compromise of how a country should run or the politics that should be ran in that particular nation, that there is war. But it's unfortunate that the people, the children, even the displaced animals are caught in the middle of the chaos, and there are wars and rumors of wars, and there are different actions and even bombs that take place, and people have to move from their country. So when we look at the story tonight, as I said yesterday, I was looking at Ruth chapter 1, verses 16 through 17. We're going to continue and look at Ruth and dig a little bit deeper because we want to see what was so unique, what was so profound that Ruth was put in the Bible. And if I would look for a title, it would be called Beauty in the Midst of Tragedy. I'll say it again, that is Beauty in the Midst of Tragedy. You know, a lot of times people can't see the beauty of things when there is so much chaos and there is so much hatred and things that's going on. It's hard to even see the good the good that's even in the times of hardship. But when you trust God, when you can believe in the promises of God, that you know that your God is able to do anything but fail, it gives you that hope to look beyond the veil, to see the forest in the midst of the trees, to be able to see down the road, or people say be able to see the light in the darkness. Truly, we want to just sit back and just look a little bit more to see what was so significant in the Word of God. Get your Bibles out at this time while we just sit back and enjoy William Dow as we rightly divide the Word of Truth and let us look at Ruth. Amen.
songwriter says that I have been captured by a love that I cannot explain that is so beautiful and so profound. Again, the songwriter says that I have been captured by a love that I cannot explain. As I said to you um, in reference to the story tonight, we're going to look at Ruth as we see there's two nations in conflict uh, the nation of uh, Judah as well as the nation of the Moabite, and that there was a conflict between the two nations that Ruth had traveled from Bethlehem with her family, uh, with her husband or two sons, and they had to leave their homeland in search of food. You know, a lot of times even the simplest pleasure, being able to eat, is a deterrent sometimes that will people decide that they are going to move to another city to get a job or to find places that's better for their family. As for myself, as I said, that we was raised in the south, but we came up north, uh, region of the United States, so that we could have an opportunity for jobs, an opportunity to have a chance to make life better for our family. And this is the same type of story here that you will see that Naomi was with her kinspeople and they had went to another place to live because the famine had taken place. There had been different types of wars and that the food was short in their particular country so they decided that they would move to where it would make an impact on their lives and it would be a better circumstances for the family. So 
sometimes when you look at foreigners coming to the, your country and, you know, a lot of people wonder, well, why are foreigners coming? But when you hear the stories of the things that they said that sometimes that there are civil wars that break out. I remember when I went to uh, Africa and it was a conflict um, in the nation at the time at the capital that people were going for lotteries, winning lotteries to go to different countries, that uh, different countries was inviting foreigners in. At that particular time, it was Africa. And they could go in with free passage, a chance to get a green card, a chance to get a job, and to make things better for their family. So, you know, as we see here in the United States, that we are a country that has immigrants that came from all over the world, from England, from Africa, from Poland, from Germany, uh, from China, from Spain, different countries have come to this United States so that some have uh, gotten away from wars or just to find a better place or job opportunities. And this was a situation, uh, as we see with Ruth, and Naomi, that they were caught up in the middle of wars between two nations of people. And Naomi's family was from the tribe of Judah. Uh, they lived in Bethlehem, but they was going to Moab, which was a, another country which was maybe about uh, 10, 20 miles from that region that they heard that it was an opportunity for work and for food. But unfortunately, uh, once they got there and once they set up camp so that they thought it would make an impact on their life, that Ruth's husband died, her two, I'm sorry, that Naomi's husband died, and her two sons. And by that time, they had taken two Mobite women, which was Oprah and Ruth, as their wife, and that they had died because not only of the violence that was in that region, but the idolatry of worshiping of idols, the disobedience, and this was a, a time of deepest despair. But however, I say it again, however, when the world seemed to be going upside down and looked like all hope is lost, that God is in the midst. God is always in the midst of anything that looked like it is going to be a failure or doom or come to an end. But this particular book in Ruth is is written mostly to encourage us that God's hand is always at work. He wants to use you to bless you and to show you the strength in your character and even in his word that he can do anything but fail. I want you at this time as we look at uh, Ruth chapter 1, we want to pretty much start right there, and that we could see that Naomi, as she was dealing with this famine in the land, and as she saw that her kinspeople had died, that she told the two Moabite women that her son had married, and she told Oprah and Ruth that they should go on and to live their life, that she had no more sons, she had no more husbands, and that 
she had a hard time really even to come up with food to provide food for them because there was no men to work and to help take care of the household. One daughter in particular, which was Oprah, she decided um, that she would go on, and since this was her homeland anyhow, that she would stay there. However, Ruth decided that she wanted to follow Naomi because God had uh, used Naomi to be kind to her and be and able to show her a better way. And, you know, sometimes when you're going through storms and tragedy there, you look for the love of those who could give you a welcoming hand. I remember when I was looking at the news and I saw the different moms, I thought it was so beautiful that they were at the train station, the bus stations. They were at the gates um, in Poland, and they were welcoming the people from Ukraine and Kiev. Some of them had strollers. They had blankets. They had clothes that they wanted to share as well as food. So as the people had to walk into their country, and leave from the war that was uh, going on uh, with Ukraine and Russia, that it was sad that they were caught in the middle. However, there were those that was in a neighboring country that showed them love and favor, and they were able to have rest. That's one thing that God promised in his word, that he said that, that he will give us rest in the midst of that storm. And Naomi was at a point in her life that even though she was going through deep sorrow and she was overwhelmed by everything that had happened to her, the loss of her husband and her children, that she still believed that God could do anything but fail. And it's it's funny, it's like she left her nation of people in Judah, she left that particular city and town, so that she could go to another nation to relax and eat. But then that nation became so wicked that she had to return back to her home. A lot of times I remember even my aunt, they was from New York, and they had worked so many years, and they believed that the city uh, where they was, New York City itself, was at a point that everything was rushed and everything was to them getting a little too hard that they decided to go back down south where they could have peace of mind, where they could rest their head and they could abase themselves and just live out their life. And they left New York. So when you look at this particular story, it was showed that that with their culture in the background that Naomi was a Jew and that Ruth was a Moabite, but yet there was a common ground and there was you know, even the love that had bound them together, that is funny that they both had suffered a deep loss. Ruth lost her husband. She lost someone that could care for her, someone that could protect her, and that she decided that she would leave her own homeland to follow Naomi and to go with her uh, to another town with the hope that her God that she heard about can do anything but fail. You know, that's so important that when you can see the strength and character of other people, that 
that's what gives you hope that it's so very important that as Christians, as believers, that we are the light of the world, that we are the light of Christ, and that we set the example to tell others that the God that we believe in is all-powerful, all-knowing, and he can do anything but fail. That it's our job to give them hope. It's our job to encourage them. It's our job to just push them forward and to quote those scriptures and pray them through to let them know that we have a living God that can do anything but fail, to let them know that they're not alone in their walk in life. And this was what uh, Ruth saw in Naomi, that she saw the strength, the strength that she belonged to her God and that he can do anything but fail. I would encourage you that as you walk this road of life, that you remember who you are and that who you are in God, that you belong to him, and that you are the hope to people who may feel hopeless. But in any event, you got to know that your God is able. So one of the things that really, when I read the story, that really stuck with me, that I looked at how Ruth and how Naomi was pulled together in bond and really in uh, a mutual connection of hurt and pain. Sometimes hurt and pain separates people that they go in a different direction, but this particular story, it put them together, that both of them faced challenges of the unknown without having someone to really be there for them. But it's really strange when you can see a good mother, a one with a backbone, one with a character as Naomi, that she showed her, showed Ruth that even though they had challenges, that there was hope if they could get to Bethlehem, if they could just get to another city, that there was an opportunity that that they could just trust God, that they heard that he uh, had uh, opened up the rivers of heaven and that food was becoming more plentiful and that they would be triumphant. Can you imagine <laughs> Naomi, an older woman, but she was determined that she wasn't going to be defeated by her circumstances. I'm sure there was tension. I'm sure she was discouraged. But yet she believed in the promise and in the word of God that as you even look at uh, Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 4, that God's law had promised that they would endure when they came out of Egypt, that the Israelites would have a land of milk and honey and they would be able to survive. So Naomi stood on her faith. I told you last night that that was one thing that impressed me about my mom, that she carried around this little Red Testament Bible, and she stood on what she had read and what she believed about God, that nothing could make her believe anything different than what was written. I was so grateful to my God that I had someone who showed me strength and character, someone who uh, ignored all the negativity and criticism of those who found fault with uh, the way she was raising 
her adopted daughter family, but she stood tall as a Naomi and that she gave me strength to have an attitude and to be encouraged that my life has not stopped, but it had begun because looking even at the story of Naomi, that she was so uh, self uh, selfless that she thought of even Ruth and her daughter-in-laws to tell them, go on with their lives because she had nothing else to give, and she encouraged them as an example of being truthful. She wasn't selfish and said, I'm old, I need you to take care of me, or I need you all to feed me. She just decided to just make it on her own. There are so many awesome women that's out here that have the respect not only of their family, of their loved ones, but even in this situation, a daughter-in-law who knew that the wisdom that Naomi had, it was what they needed to stand firm. And as I said, that pain, that hurt, that death, that separation really connected them. And, you know, brokenness sometimes will bring you together with people. When you are broken, there are those who will team up with you with prayer. When people have died or there's loss in your family, there are those who would give you that hug. And even in a crisis that you go through, there are those who would even try to help you find solution or help you to be calm or to make sure there's peace as you go through all type of tragedies and struggles. So Ruth was able to see Naomi, I'm sure, as a mother-in-law that was very wise, as a mother-in-law that could solve problems, as a mother-in-law that gave comfort, as a mother-in-law and a Jew that would stand on the word of God, even as we would say as a Christian that for God she lived and for God she died. You know, we have to be grateful for people like that in our lives, the people who have paved the way for us, people who have shown us strength and character. You know, they talk about this is Black History Month for blacks here in America, and they honor those who have went through the struggle, who have encouraged others to live as human beings with their heads up and not their heads down that they have encouraged them to have that backbone or that tenacity, have respect for themselves, and receive the blessings that God has for them, even if it is to move in different nations. Some of them went to Canada, as I said, they go to other cities, uh, other um, states. There are those who came up north from the south. So there are different places that you will see sometimes immigrants will go where they could find refuge. And this was a story that is so very important that when you're going through storms in life, you have to carry your faith, your tenacity. You have to be guided by God's word. Know that he's loyal to his word and have a relationship with him that he can do anything but fail. You know, God even showed his kindness Can you imagine to this older woman to give her the mindset, even in her old age, to motivate her to push forward? So you need to be grateful for those around you 
who push you to the mark of the high call. And so many times you may want to give up. You may have a church that's small and you need help, or you may have a ministry that is not really built up the way that you need and you need workers. There may be businesses that you have started and that is not being successful, or even your finances or even your job at the time that you have to take a step back in order to take a step up. Don't you know a setback is a setup for your blessing? And it's funny that when you look at the story of Ruth and Naomi, that Naomi had to leave uh, a place where there was food, a place where she was surviving, and go to a place where it was hateful and violence and bitter. And plus she was a Jew, so they was not really favored because it was a conflict with the Israelites and the Moabites at the time. But she went there with the hope that even though with the prejudice, even with the setback, that they were going to be strong in the land. However, the plague took her family, and she had to go right back where she started. Sometimes God will take you back where you left from and take you back to that situation, hopefully with life lessons that you are able to take back and be a stronger human being. Amen. So we should always be grateful. Let us pause at this time as we listen to the Love Fellowship Choir as we sit back and enjoy the worship. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. 
about your word. About your word. Because I'm grateful. You know, when I listen to the song Grateful, I think about what Ruth must saw in Naomi. Here was a woman, and she looked at her character, that she was a survivor, a woman that was determined to live and to trust God. Death has separated her from things, I'm sure, that made her comfortable, a roof of her head, clothes on her back. And she had a lot of loss, a lot of hurt, a lot of pain. But through it all, she was determined that her setback would be a setup for her blessing, that the same way she left out a place, if she had to go back to a place, that she was going to take the strength, the character, and she was going to hold her head up and to know that her God can do anything but fail. I want to encourage you that sometimes I've seen people, they leave home and they have to go back to their parents' house. If I step on your toes, just say, ouch! And that there are those that are so grateful that mom and dad open the door and give them a chance to start all over again. There are those that have left home, even left their loved ones, maybe husband and wife have separated and they have to come back home to each other. And there are those that are very forgiving and loving, and they will give them another chance and forgive them seven times seven to just to make a bond of peace. It is so nice that when you can have someone to have that type of tenacity and strength. And Ruth, I'm sure, as it was with myself, and I use my own self as a testimony, that even though I was a young woman and opportunities were there for me, I had fear. I was scared of the unknown. I had been so bonded, you know, to my family that I didn't know what was uh, behind the trees, the forest. And I leaned on my mother, I'm sure, like Ruth leaned on Naomi, that I needed that drive. I needed that hug. I needed the hope. I needed the reassurance to find purpose in my life, to have a destiny. And I trust my mother very, I trust her with all my heart that I knew that anybody was my friend, it was my mom. There are those that I'm sure they have trust, love of one, they have disappointed you. But if you look to find the good and not the bad, I'm sure that there was some good advice. Maybe sometimes people was hard-headed and didn't listen or they were disrespectful or they have hurt feelings, but normally you would find in the majority that you would find those that will give you love and good advice along the way. And I'm sure that Ruth was so grateful to have Naomi's strength to help her to really build her life. She didn't have to. She was a mobite. She was familiar with the city and town, but she took a chance. One of my my sheroes, as they say, heroes, but one of my sheroes is Oprah, Oprah Winfrey. I love how she was in Baltimore, Maryland, 
and she worked very hard on a, a TV and radio station. And as they were um, downsizing and laying off staff, that she lost her job. And a lot of people wonder what she was going to do. She wasn't shamed by it. She wasn't embarrassed by it to the point that she gave up. There's a lot of people that came out of Maryland who became very successful by taking a chance going to another city and town. And Oprah is one of those persons who went to Chicago and took her ideas, and she was accepted, accepted with the afro, the darkness of her skin, the thickness of her body and her hips and her legs. And a lot of people used to tease that she looked like a, a maid rather than a model, and she didn't have the right image. But there was those who accepted her. You know, it's really nice when you can get that type of respect and unconditional love that people can love you for who you are, the makeup that God has made you. You know, whether you're tall or short, fat, skinny, light, dark, but just accept you as a human being. Oprah was accepted, and look where she is today, one of the richest women in the world, one of them. And what is so cool about looking at that story, that Ruth knew that she needed the strength of Naomi. I knew that I needed the love of my mother and her wisdom. I had seen her being influenced. I've seen her judgment. I saw the fairness. I saw the loyalty. I saw her hope in God. And Ruth saw those very same things in that Naomi, that even though that Ruth knew that if she followed Naomi that she would be a foreigner in her land, Ruth knew that she would be talked about. People would point their finger, uh, that she would be lined up, put under the microscope, critique. You know, sometimes you got those, as I said, little gods and little Jesuses. It's very disturbing when you're trying to find destiny and purpose in your life. You got those that's so quick to judge, to find fault, or to see if you line up the word, or are you speaking or expounding it in exegesis, or are you doing homiletics or hermeneutics? Is it doesn't make sense? And I tell a lot of people, I'm not the typical preacher or teacher. My testimony is my preaching. The life I live is my uh, sermon that I bring to the table. I don't know about nobody else how they can expand on it, but I know that I have a strong sense of self who God has made me to be courageous by seeing the God that my mother served. Ruth was attracted to Naomi God, and emotionally that they had a connection. Sometimes when you live in a household with someone that you pick up that type of characteristic unknowingly sometimes, that you may say certain things or do certain things, dress a certain way. I laugh. You know, my daughter, she's not around me that often, but when she is, we don't see each other for a while. And we could come in a room with the same blue pants and red sweater, or I have on a leather jacket and she does, and we would dress almost as twins. And a lot of people, when they see her, they said, I know the, who your mother is. I keep telling them I never look that good, not like my daughter looks. But I'm so very proud that when 
you can look out and you can see someone that made a difference in their life, a difference to give them hope. And this was the same thing with this Mobite woman that she decided to follow the Israelites. She decided, regardless of the conflict that she would run into, that she saw Naomi's faithfulness to her God. You have to be faithful in this walk of tragedy. You have to be faithful when it looks like all hope is lost. You have to be faithful that if the joy run out of a situation or a relationship closed or a door shut, that you got to just believe God and take it to the cross and say, God, you know, I have a bond with you through faith. I'm one of the children of Abraham of that faith seed. And, God, you made a commitment to me that you will give me your best, and I need you to help me overcome those difficulties and division and disharmony that's in my life right now because, God, I need you. You know, that's one thing about the story that was so beautiful and so profound, that Ruth saw the kindness in Naomi. She saw strength in Naomi. And she had a chance to say that she would follow her and trust her and know the kind of person that she was by living with her, to know that she had a relationship with God. You know, people see you. Little children see you. Grandchildren see you. Neighbors see you. Friends see you. You may not be the best person that you want to be, but you got to say something on behalf of the Father Give him the praise and the glory and give it the best that you can and give him the choice that you want to live in such a way that you can go, as I say, behind the veil and receive that outpouring. When you go into the presence of God and you have repented and you have said, God, here am I, use me, that you can go behind that veil and feel the outpouring that even Ruth was able to get an outpouring from God, that he restructured her life, her faithfulness, and her commitment not to be separated from a hope of a woman that believed in her God. It's so very important that women of God and mothers of God, that you give your children hope, that you give them prayer, that you give them some way, a way out, that you show them that before I close my eyes, I want to tell you about a man that I've met, and that if you lean on him, regardless what it looked like, regardless what you go through, that you do have an everlasting father that will be with you forever, everlasting, everlasting. (laughs) So looking at this story, I wanted to dig a little bit deeper because it touched home with me and my mom that I love Clara so that I am truly blessed. I never knew that I could cook food. I used to sit at the table. She said, don't you want to learn how to cook? I said, no. And I would sit there. I said, I just want to eat. (laughs) And I would watch my mother fry cornbread on top of the stove and make gravy from scratch and Every day she would fry. If With my dad going to work, she would get up 5 o'clock and iron his shirt. She would fry his chicken. 
He loved his herring fish and grits and eggs. She would make it fresh every morning. And after she made his lunch and gave him a fresh shirt, she would give him a hug and a smile. Sometimes she was tired and sleepy. But, you know, I looked at that. That's a virtuous woman. That's a Proverbs 31, that she sent her husband out to not only to look respectful, to not only have a meal, but it was a reflection of who she was as a woman, that this is a woman that not only take care of her family, but take care of her man. And I saw all of that. To my surprise, I said, wow, I can cook. I can make collard greens and ham hocks and I can make giblet gravies and take things from scratch, and I could really cook. And I, I'm amazed myself because I didn't want to learn anything about sweating over a stove, but I guess it rubbed off of me when I was smelling the uh, aroma and tasting the seasoning. But I wanted to say that women of God, you're so very important to your children, especially to your daughters and your encouragement to your sons. Forgive them. Love them. Pray for them, encourage them, and influence them that God can do anything but fail. When you look at this story, it's so beautiful that it is beauty in the middle of that tragedy. A lot of times they're going to lose job. Tell them they can get another one. A lot of times they'll get sick. Tell them that God is a healer. Good God Almighty. Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. I feel all right now. <laughs> There are a lot of times that they're going to feel a setback. Tell them a setback is a setup for their blessing. And whatever you can do, you know, people look at me and say, why do you buy your kids' clothes? They are grown. Because I like to feel that when I see them skimpy little jackets they wear because they're young and, you know, and everything, I'm the old-fashioned mom. I want the coats, the sweaters, the scarf, the gloves to make sure they're warm. Because if it gets sick, I'm over there laying hands in the name of Jesus, and I'm telling them to have chicken noodle soup, and I'm right there as the doctor. So it's so very important that you even want to, your three-year-old and two-year-old, to just sing this little light of mine and that Jesus loved me. My three-year-old, he sings it all the time. Yes, Jesus loved me and this little light of mine. I want to instill in them that when the stardom fall with all of these uh, stars today on TV and Internet, Facebook, YouTube. Sometimes they're here today, they're gone tomorrow. You might not even remember their name. And a lot of times I never will forget how blessed I was. I was able to call Michael Jordan's coach. It was a young man when I worked at Morgan State. He wanted to uh, play for that particular team. And because my name was influenced with Morgan State, that they connected me to his coach. And I told him about the young man. He was amazed that I could call him. And he said to me, I never forgot that, he said all over the world people want to be a Michael Jordan. And he said that there's a lot of them that want to play sports. He said, but it's so many of them that they need to have a fallback to have that college education, to have that trade, to have that job, and don't put their head in stardom because it's not for everybody and everybody is not selected. To my surprise, he did send a scout out and a lawyer came and they did review the young man. And I don't know if he made the team or not because, you know, he had got his blessing and he went on. But it was so nice to hear that, that I tell my kids that you are beautiful in what you're doing. 
whatever it is. If you are trying to go to school, they used to tease my kids because they had the book bags. I said, oh, yeah, at least you're going to school. And go to church, you know, you know, and trust God. And my kids were saved and they baptized. And I'm hoping that, if nothing else, that I was a Naomi in their life to let them know that I serve an everlasting God. So I want to encourage you today that when you look at the story of Ruth and Naomi and see that this lady here was that the woman that set the example, that set the standards for Naomi not to give up. And if you read the end of the story, you know that she got blessed by following this lady. Truly, by me following Christ and choosing to follow my mother, I was able to gleam in many fields of opportunity and blessings. It wasn't always sunshine, but through it, through it all that I've been blessed. So God bless you again as we did our little Bible study tonight that I just want to tell you that look at Naomi, that she set the tone and that she was that character, that strength. She was, as I love, I wish I would have played, I love Gladys Knight, that that you are the cover, the wings, and I'm underneath for you, you know, so it was so beautiful in flight. But let us listen to a song I'm sure we're familiar with, which is William Murphy, an everlasting God. God bless you. You're listening to the Fivefold Ministry Broadcast. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer. Amen. The Lord is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? Real simple song. I'm going to teach it to you tonight. The Lord my life salvation. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? She went to that foreign land with Naomi. She knew that she would have to work and to gleam in the field, no matter how tired it could be, no matter if it was a a, a little a hard task or mediocre, that she decided to do it faithfully. 
She worked very hard to provide for her and Naomi, and she stuck by her in the good times and bad. Regardless how people talked about her or say that she was a foreigner, you know, sometimes people will put you down that this is not your country. You're not supposed to be here. And it's very sad because if you look at it, it's not their country either. There was other people that was already here before all the immigrants came to the United States. So if you look at the historical books that who home does it belong to really? So, and it was so very nice that when uh, Ruth kept that faith and Ruth was not afraid and she worked very hard and regardless what people tease or talked about her and call her immigrant or foreigner, that she took that first step to just demonstrate that she would trust her God. You know, God loves that. My mom used to tell me if you make one step, then God will make two. If you don't make a step at all, he still will step up and pull you to the mark. So when you do the best that you can, and no matter what you go through, you got to know that there are doors of opportunity. God is, can do anything but fail. He's not going to let you sit there and not have the benefits of loving him, the benefits of being faithful the benefits of knowing who your God is. So God bless you again that when you keep that character, when you're able to have that reputation, that you will live for God and for God you will die, that you will achieve your reward. So God bless you again to know that Ruth followed Naomi's plan and she became a servant. She worked hard, and she held her head up, and God redeemed her life, blessed her life to the point that it was a a large piece in the puzzle that it was able to pull everything together that even from that, that uh, Jesus Christ came through that birth line. So you never know what part that you play in someone else's life. You know, when you look at your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, you are that stepping stone of faith. You are that that lifeline. You are that lifeline or you're that lifeblood that can push them to another level and give them the hope, the confidence, and the word. Never let them feel discouraged and let them feel that their God can do anything but fail. God bless you again as we leave out listening to William Murphy. Do listen to us through the week. Tomorrow we will have Pastor Gaskins on Wednesday, and we will have the man of God wisdom on Thursday, Apostle Lockamy. God bless you again. I'm your host, Apostle Margie Mercer, and you have been listening to the Fivefold Ministry broadcast. Remember now, you are special, you are unique, and you are a blessing. And you are a blessing in God, and God loves you. Just reach out and just touch the hem of his garment and to know that your God is able. God bless you again, and to stay encouraged. Amen.
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.